how do you know if you really know the Lord? You know, we talk of a personal relationship with Christ, but how do you really know whether you have such a relationship or not? You know, you don't have an autographed picture of the two of you together on your mantle. You can't physically take him somewhere and introduce him to your friends. So how do you prove your relationship with Christ to others or even to yourself? Is it just an emotional thing? You know, I know that I have it because I feel his presence. Well, what about the times when you don't feel his presence? Is it based on some experience in your past, something he did that convinced you that he was with you? Well, well and good, but what about now? How do you know that you're not just kidding yourself, that you're pretending to have a relationship with Christ because others at church say they have one? That such a relationship is what Christianity is all about. And if you're a Christian, you better say you have one. Bottom line question, can we really know that we know the Lord? The answer is an emphatic yes. In fact, the Apostle John wrote his first epistle to assure us that we can know where we stand in relation to Christ. He used the word know or knows 39 times, partially in response to the Gnostics who thought they were in the know, but primarily to assure us that we really can know where we stand. In our text for today, he makes it clear that we can know that we know him because if we know him, it can be seen in three things. First, that we keep his commandments. Secondly, that love is a motivating factor in our life. And finally, as we walk, as he walked. Now, I think these are good, objective tests of a relationship with Christ. So let's see how we measure up. We're in 1 John chapter 2. And by this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. Now, John says this both positively and negatively. We know we've come to know him if we keep his commandments and if we say we know him but don't keep his commandments, we're liars. Now, liar is another word that John uses a lot in this letter, not as many times as he uses the word know, but he speaks of liars five times in a very short letter and then uses the word lie three times. Now, he's combating error, heresy in this letter, so he doesn't mince words. And when the Gnostics claimed to know the truth, they were lying. They did not know the truth. But even more importantly, John makes it very clear that anyone who claims to know Christ, 
Not just know about him, but know him. To have a personal relationship with him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar. Now, do you really believe that's true? Isn't it possible to know Christ, to really know him, and still not keep his commandments? You know, like you might go over the speed limit even though your best friend is a state trooper. No, because there's a big difference between a state trooper and the Son of God. Now, you may not think he understands that when he pulls you over, but you do. You do. You know the trooper is just doing his job and that going 10 over is not a personal affront to his authority nor a denial of the fact that he's just trying to keep everyone safe. To disobey Christ, on the other hand, is to deny his authority over you as the Son of God and to ignore what he's done for you. You know, Jesus died for you. He paid the penalty for your sins, and you know that. You know him, and you know what he did for you. And you know that when you accepted him as your Savior and your Lord, your Master... You told him that you would do what he said. So you obey him. You keep his commandments. If you know Jesus, you obey him. But of course, that also means that you know his commandments. If you don't know what he said, you obviously don't know him very well. If you don't take time to read his word, You don't have much of a relationship with him. If you're too busy to study his teachings, his commandments, being in a relationship with him is not a priority in your life. If we know him, we will obey him. If we can ignore his demands in our life, we don't know him very well. In fact, we don't know him at all. He's God. And when God speaks... We listen, and we obey. Now, that is not to say we obey perfectly. We try to obey, but we do fall short of his commands. We do sin against his will at times. We occasionally find ourselves doing the things we don't want to do and temporarily unable to do the things we want to do. Even the Apostle Paul said there were times when he found himself not practicing what he would like to do and doing the very thing that he hated. So so no, we're not going to live sinless lives. I guess that was the discussion at the Polly household last week after the sermon, wasn't it? That's our goal, but it's not possible. The struggle between our fleshly nature and our spiritual nature will continue until we exchange our physical body for a spiritual one. However, as I said last week, and I still think it's true, it is possible to go days, maybe even years, and not actively sin. But do notice I said actively sin. We probably won't be able to keep our minds from momentary sinful thoughts. 
but we can keep them from dwelling on and desiring to participate in sinful behavior. We can avoid sinful behavior if we'll put on the full armor of God when facing a spiritual enemy. And if, like Paul, we buffet our body and make it our slave to keep it under control. If we're in a relationship with Christ, we will do that because it will be our desire to obey him. And we will do everything we can to follow his commands because we love him. He continues, John continues, but whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that you are in him. Now, some of you may remember Bobby Vinton's hit song. Now, uh, Jim challenged me to sing my sermon today, and I told him there was one song I might sing during my sermon. But I'm not going to, Jim. I will speak the words. I ought to sing it, shouldn't I? No, I won't. I'll say it. Bobby Vinton's song went like this. To know, you know it? To know, know, know you is to love, love you. And I do, yes, I do, yes, I do. <laughs> well, you know, the same can be said of Jesus. If you really know him, you will love him. But how do you know that you love him? Is it a, a warm, fuzzy feeling that you get when you think about him? Maybe that's part of it. But that's not a very objective test of love. So how do you know that you really love someone? And how do you know, how do they know that you love them? And how do you know that you love them? And I realize we have different love languages. We give and receive love in different ways. But we all understand that if you love someone, you do the things that please them. You know, more than one starry-eyed lover has said, your wish is my command. If you love someone, you'll do what they ask. Maybe I should also add that if someone loves you, they'll not ask you to do anything you shouldn't do either. But that's not a concern in our relationship with Christ. If we love him, Jesus said we'll keep his commandments the same way he kept his father's commandments. It's been said there are three motives for obedience. We obey because we have to. We obey because we need to. Or we obey because we want to. A slave obeys because he has to. He has no choice in the matter. If he doesn't obey, he's punished. An employee obeys because he needs to. He doesn't get a paycheck unless he does what he's told. And, and a Christian might obey for those reasons as well, at least initially. When we first come to a knowledge of God and his will for our lives, we tend to obey him because we know we have to. We don't want to go to hell. So we figure we better do what God says. But then, like a child growing up, we learn that there are generally rewards for doing the right thing. So we obey 
because we think we need to if we want to be blessed. If we do the right things, God will bless us. But you know, when the love of God has been truly perfected, when it's achieved its ultimate goal in our life, we'll love God enough to simply want to obey him. We'll want to please him because we love him. In fact, love will become the prime motivator in our life. If we've really come to know him, we'll know his love and we'll respond in kind. We'll love him with the same kind of love he has for us and love others with the same kind of love he has for them. Just yesterday and at Becky's wedding, the preacher reminded them of the love that Jesus has for us and how the marriage relationship is a reflection of his love when we love each other as husband and wife. We learn that through Christ. We know his love and we'll love the same way he loves. We'll love him and we'll love others with a self-sacrificing kind of love, a love that will compel us to love as he loved and live as he lived. John then says, by this we know that we are in him. Now, the phrase can go with either what he has just said or what he's about to say. We know we are in a relationship with him if the love of God has been perfected in us. And we know we are in a relationship with him if we walk as he walked. So let's continue. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner he walked. Have you ever noticed how good friends often pick up traits from one another? And they start using the same words. Now, if you've got good friends, they're good words. The alternative is also true. Start wearing similar clothes or maybe even the same clothes if they trade them back and forth. They even start thinking alike. Well, the closer we get to Jesus, the more we will be like him. We'll start thinking the way he thinks, acting the way he acts, and responding the way he responds to situations and to people. The similarities will become obvious. We, we can't spend time with him and not become like him. But even more than that, John says if we abide in him, we ought to walk as he walked. And the ought carries with it a moral obligation. We are obligated to walk in the same manner he walked. If we're going to be claimed to be in a relationship with him, we must walk through life the same way he did. It's not optional. In fact, it's not possible. You cannot abide in him and not walk as he walked. Because if you're abiding in him, you are attached to him like a branch. It's attached to a vine. If you're abiding in him, you draw your life from him. 
It's his life that flows through you and makes you fruitful. So it's more than imitation. It's not just wanting to be like Jesus. It's incarnation. It's letting him live through you. If we are in him, he is in us, living his life through us. What we do is what he does. And what he did is what we do. We have become extensions of him. We have become what C.S. Lewis called little Christs for the world to see. Have you ever thought of yourself as a little Christ? Whoa. The big question is, does the world see Christ when it sees you? That's an interesting question. If we are to be a little Christ, does the world see Christ when it sees us? We need to think about that. When people see you, they see the way you live, they think of Christ. That's a challenge, is it not? see Christ if you know him if you really know him they will they will if you are in a personal relationship with Christ you'll be keeping his commandments if you've experienced his love you will be showing love the same way he did and if you're walking as he walked It'll be obvious. Now again, you won't be doing it perfectly, but you will be doing it. If you're not, and if you claim to know him, you're a liar. And the truth is not in you. Don't kid yourself. And don't try kid others. If you are in a relationship with Christ, you'll be living a life characterized by obedience, love, and Christ-like behavior. If that's not true of you, it's not too late to start. If you're willing to walk with the Lord in the light of his word, he welcomes you and invites you to do so. He wants you to have a personal relationship with him. And you begin that relationship or renew it by expressing your trust in him and committing yourself to a life of obedience and love.